Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History, where the drinks are cold and the movies are gold. We are doing our second episode of our Silver Screen Cinema Brackets, episode five, Cinema Strikes Back. And uh, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. I'm doing great. Super. I can feel the energy <clears throat> pouring off of you right now, Eric. It Ready is, to go. Cardinals one, Suns one. There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, um, as we did last time with uh, with the episode, we're going to hit two more regions uh, of our bracket, get get two more regions into the Sweet 16 candles and uh, probably do a third episode with the last two regions. And then we'll do our uh, Sweet 16 for episode four. So same rules as last time, Jeff, our wonderful moderator is going to ask us some questions about each matchup each of us cameron eric myself get to vote and each vote counts as one point and um if going after two questions where we need to go to a third question we will and first movie to five points moves out of the round does that pretty much sum up where we were yeah, that's it. Um, last uh, last broadcast, we did four regions, and it took us nearly three hours. So um, after a brief discussion, we decided we're going to do two regions. Uh, so we've got John Hughes region and Christopher Nolan region. But um, other than that, I think everything's the same. Uh, the, the only other difference I can come up with is Jake looks even more fantastic somehow. <laughs> what What is going on? Are you well, taking cut, sexy pills or what is I this? cut my hair. Okay. That was the first thing. That must and then, be. Uh, and then I dipped the can. I ditched the cans, and I've got my earbuds in. I'm gonna try that because uh, mm. I'm not gonna lie. These glasses are the blue light glasses, and after a while, the glare gets to me. So I thought I'd try to find a way to wear my glasses. And wearing the headphones over the glasses is not super comfortable for me. So no. After about an hour and a half, I have to actually take my the ear holders out of and just shove them up in the air, which I don't know if anybody notices. But yeah, these headphones are really comfortable for about 75 minutes and then it gets yeah. away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's that's the change in my appearance. Uh so we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, you look like you're a member of the Secret Service. So it's a good That's what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Eagle is Eagle has arrived. All right. Um, any anything else anybody wants to go over? Eric, Cameron, any any tales from Dad Bob before we dive into this? Or anybody got so anything I, for me? Well, Can real I say quick, I said about, this. Oh, okay. All right. No, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, are I you gonna say this. what you said about books? Because I'm not well, we can we can say that again. Oh, we don't have time for that discussion. So, yeah, I was late to the party. What did you guys what, what, what I had happened? some zingers for Eric that he was not ready for? What happened uh, regarding audiobooks versus printed books? Oh, I'm familiar with this debate. Yeah, I know because we had that argument in the middle of an office building. I, I'm assuming you're still ago. dug in on listening to oh, a book, doesn't absolutely. count. Yeah. <laughs> So I said, listening to an audiobook is like saying you'll make dinner and then you swing by Little Caesars on the way home. Listening to an audiobook many times. It's not the like worst analogy. Saying you'll do yeah. the dishes, but then he just hit start on the dishwasher. 
again, listening to an audiobook is like having a steak through a feeding tube. So anyway, I mean, even though I disagree with you, those are all awesome. The, the <laughs> best, the best response I have, cause I'm definitely on Eric's team with this, but the best response I have to that is, you know, do, do you own your house? You know, whether or not you've paid it off or not, you own your house. It's just like reading quote unquote, an audiobook. It's, recognized in society that yes, you consumed that book, you got through that book, whether you read it or listened to it, you own your house, whether or not you paid it off, or you're still making payments. So here's the thing, and we discussed this is when when Cameron, you were asking me if when I listen to these podcasts that we do, how do I listen to them? And I said, I cannot listen to a podcast and try to do something else. I cannot try to do work while a podcast is on. And the same would hold true for an audiobook. If I have an audiobook on, I'm not going to do anything else. And conversely, if I'm listening to a podcast or if I'm trying to do something, I, like if I if I'm trying to as Eric said, wash the dishes and listen to an audiobook, I'm just going to be standing at the sink with my hand holding a plate for 30 minutes while I listen to the chapter finish because I cannot, I physically cannot multitask when it comes to those sort of things. So because I can't do that, when I read a book, I'm just going to go read the book because okay, no, wait, 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 wait. You can, I agree with you on the multitasking thing, but at a certain point, it becomes walking and chewing gum. Some, some tasks you can do on autopilot. Have you seen the only thing I could do on autopilot? I can listen to a podcast and do the dishes. I cannot listen to a podcast and absorb it and also do my homework. And that's the thing is the only thing I can do is when I'm driving. Is is uh, I can listen to a podcast while I'm driving. Like, all right, well, I'm in the car for two or three hours. I'll put a podcast on and go. I, I think you're selling yourself short on the dishes example. I think you could pull that off. You're a smart guy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I could because maybe you're I doing some next level work in the in the kitchen. I don't know. I, I haven't. I've just, truly. I've never <laughs> seen you do dishes. So it, the way I read a book is I'll read it. And then I'll stop and I'll go back and I'll read it again. So I make sure I understood it the first time. I just couldn't do that with a, with an audio book. Cause I'd have to like hit pause, rewind. That, that is very difficult to do. Like uh, going I'll, back. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. But let me add this layer uh, because over break, I, uh, I was able to get through a couple books. Um, and one of them was recursion by Blake Crouch. And initially I started listening to the book. But then I also got a hard copy because I wanted to actually like read through the book a little bit. So I was there listening to it. I sat down, opened the book and started reading and realized I was reading about twice as fast as I could listen to it. That's interesting. I finished the book by reading the hard copy. And I will tell you, there is finishing an audiobook. There is not the level of satisfaction is nowhere near. Mm. closing the la the back cover of a your physical book well what you said. just did is you raced yourself in reading like you you're, you're the only person i know that said i bet i can read this faster than i can listen to it well now, no, no it no, wasn't hard a... it wasn't hard like i was doing it, i'm like i have to slow down to let this voice catch up to me there's a function kind of frustrating. on most audiobook platforms that also exists on Netflix, oddly enough, where you can watch or listen to it at higher rates of speed. No, no, the, the audiobook I already you have. You can do that on Netflix? Netflix? No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whenever yeah, the kids a have a show on, on X. 
Yeah. When I have it on the kids show on, I'll do it at 1.5. So it gets done a little bit faster. On Netflix. <laughs> no way. I'm, yeah. I'm stealing that. That's a life awesome. hack. No, but I listen at one and a half speed already. It, I was still reading. Oh, so you're just saying you're a that. genius. That, I listen I at 1.7. So there. Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to change guns, germs and steel to 1.8 tomorrow morning while I do the dishes. Eric is. No, and, but, but to Eric's point, it is more. I mean, the first time I was listening around 1.0, I was like, this is this is agonizing. Like I, I had to speed it up, but it, yeah. Anyhow, the yeah, funniest right. you, thing, you almost certainly read faster than you listen. The to funniest thing you can do. It. And I know everyone has a different opinion on Ben Shapiro, but if you, if you speed him up, it's pretty hilarious. But if you slow him down, it is like Seriously? listening to drunk Ben Shapiro, <laughs> does he seem put, him, put him at a half speed. He's still talking fast. It's just sounds like he's talking slow and it's it's just great okay that's, let's jump I'll let's get into this i don't listen to a lot of ben shapiro but yeah i, I know it's just 30 seconds of your time okay Absolutely so worth totally worth quick it. show of hands who thinks that reading a book and listening to the book you get equal credit i'll take equal credit <laughs> what's the uh, you you've processed the information you've spent the time you've yeah. just been able to drive while doing it i, I claim those books on instagram all the time because I, I have I, finished the books and um, every time you do i want to be like well actually but i don't because i love you so i don't even think it's equal credit i think it's just being pragmatic saying i'm going to do multiple things at once while listening to this audiobook so i i give a tip tip of the cap to the audiobook over actually reading it. You're just getting so more done. So you're yeah. extra credit. You're not even equal credit. You're exactly is extra. Yeah. Hey, that's why I didn't raise my you hand. You did not raise your hand just now. That's why I didn't raise Look, my hand. I, I, I knew I, didn't I was going to be the minority in this and I'm fine. Exactly. With that. All right. I disagree Interesting. wholeheartedly. I, I never read. Wholeheartedly. I, never, I vehemently I never, disagree. <laughs> vehemently. <laughs> Most sternly. I've never read a book. For the sake of efficiency, I've never ever read a book. Like when I read a book, that means I'm done doing stuff. So I'm not like I, I've never read a book with the idea that well, I can be really efficient. And I understand that's the big benefit of audiobooks. It's just something that's never appealed to me, and probably never will. But well, I you're get forgetting. such a great use of time. Like you're I forgetting drive the a brat. lot across East Texas. It's a great use of time is to be oh able no to, when i'm driving through texas i love to see whatever weird crap is on the am radio because it's wildly entertaining as i'm scouring through the middle of nowhere texas or kansas it's fascinating but it's usually tejano music i can save you the uh the, the yeah trouble. no i know i've it's, it's tejano or it's art bell after dark when yeah oh art my bell gosh after dark art, is, bell, after art dark. bell is is a treasure yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, another is, thing. It is complete horse crap, but it is a treasure and it is yeah. <laughs> nothing gets you through the desert from the 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. time slot better. Oh, but it's terrifying to be in the desert during that time slot listening to Art Bell. Well, no, I yeah, actually you feel like you're Art Bell's subject matter all of a sudden, don't <laughs> yeah. you? Or going to be. When I was driving, when I was driving Uber on the weekends and when I didn't have passengers, so I was on my way to pick up a passenger. Or wait you didn't leave that on for them? Well, I would have I would have coast to coast <laughs> a lot of five on. star reviews. <laughs> coast to coast AM at three or four AM on a Saturday is that's some you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about humanity, and you learn a lot about the uh, the divine people from Planet Exxon. It's pretty amazing. 
So <laughs> I think an underrated Why? part of this discussion as well is the bragging rights that go along with finishing as many books as possible. If you're going to listen to it on 1.5 or 2.0 or whatever, imagine how many books you can post on Facebook and post on Instagram about, hey, I finished this this year. I That's the big reason why I read. Yeah, I want to learn a few things. Yeah, but, but I mean, I also I, want to I be could, able to brag to my buddy. You're reading for the glory. You're in it for the, I could, for the you know, I for could, the chicks, right? To- I could enter a <laughs> chicks, yeah. <laughs> I could enter a Nathan's hot dog eating contest and shovel thirty of those things down my throat. Doesn't mean I'm going to feel good about it afterwards. That's that's <laughs> I feel not great when I finish one of these books, audiobooks. I do too. But you feel more arrogant when you read faster than the audiobook. Mm. That so, made me feel good. But I just, just I, I honestly just don't have the time to sit here. down and read a book, you know, physically to read it yeah. and do the dishes. It's doesn't happen. I get the book all wet. <laughs> just, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you got me. All right. Fair point. All right. Let's. Get this on. Let's get into this. Hey, Sorry, I'm not, nice that discussion. Up. Nice little warm up. All right, gentlemen. Um, we're not going to do any recap. If you want to recap, go back and listen to our last broadcast. It was Amen. good stuff. It was long, and you're welcome. Um, tonight, we're going to do two regions. We have the John Hughes region and the Christopher Nolan region. Uh, jumping right into it. John Hughes, we have our first matchup is a four and a five. We have Field of Dreams, a Kevin Costner baseball classic. And Inside Out, um, a Pixar movie, um, some of their uh, headier stuff, if I had to say, and uh, I think it was a Mm -hmm. good movie. Eric, we're going to start with you. Uh, Which of these movies would you rather watch with your mother? Uh, Probably Field of Dreams. That and I have no explanation. Yeah, apparently not. I, okay, I probably have watched Inside Out with her, unbeknownst to me. I may have been asleep while the kids turned it on, and she was on the couch. Field of Dreams. All right, Field of Dreams. Uh, hang on, my people are in a different order tonight. All right, uh, Jake, you're next. What do you got? Uh, Field of Dreams as well, and this is because I have watched Field of Dreams with my mom. Mom was a big Kevin Costner fan. Let's just put it that way. She, I imagine my mom is too. She she really enjoyed what he was putting out in the late eighties, early nineties, and uh, as like I his said vibe before, or the movies. Oh yeah, she. <laughs> yeah, if she wasn't divorced already, she would have left my dad for Kevin Costner. Uh, yeah, not even a question. So, um, and it's funny because I, I think I mentioned this before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or just in general conversation with you guys, but I've been to the field of dreams. I believe it's in Ames, Iowa. When I was a kid, she drove us out, well, drove me out there and, you know, we played some catch and took some dirt home and stuff like that, that whole experience. But yeah, definitely feel the dreams. I, I, she would have liked inside out certainly, but feel the dreams is one of her all time favorite movies. All right, Cameron, what do you think? I'm going the contrarian pick Um, inside out. My mom was a psychology major and you know, it's, kind of a fascinating take at feelings, um, especially when, you know, it, 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 something that's so intangible is made so tangible. Um, she, I, I don't know that she's ever seen it, but I would love to just sit down and analyze that with her. She would get a lot out of it. 
All right, Field of Dreams 2, Inside Out 1. Uh, next question, Jake, we're going to start with you. Um, Jake, Field of Dreams or Inside Out, which is more impressive to mention in your Tinder profile? Uh. <laughs> uh. Gosh. Well, I this is a hard one to answer because I guess inside out, if you say, man, I really like inside out, you better also highlight that you have kids because otherwise you're just a middle-aged guy that likes kids movies. And that seems disconcerting. Um, but feel the dreams. It's, that's a great movie, but it's now going on 30 years. It's also a guy movie. It's also a guy movie. So I don't know how, you know, I, I guess I would say feel the dreams. I, if I was back in the game and they said, what's your favorite movie? And I had to pick between those two. I would say Field of Dreams, um, just because I liked it more. I liked Inside Out; it's a great movie, but I what I as it was a formative movie for me as a kid growing up. So I, I think that's probably what I would put on my profile. Gotcha, Cameron. What do you think? Field of Dreams or Inside Out? Which ones? Which ones a more impressive mention in your Tinder profile? You know, I'm I'm going Inside Out. In the 21st century, you know, the warmer, fuzzier men are in touch with their feelings now. Um, you know, chicks dig emotional guys. So I, I'm, I'm choosing inside out. Cameron really embracing the question. Well done. Um, Eric Hoffman, what do you think? If you're going to be in touch with your feelings, I think field of dreams had plenty of those kind of moments, you know, connecting with. Seeing you know, your the, live stream of thought on the text strand as you watch the movie, definitely <laughs> you, know, you hit the range being in touch with like your, your, your father, your you know, your, your mm. role as a father, your role as a son, uh, your role as, as a man. Um, even though I still think at some points, uh, the character in field of dreams might need, need to get in touch with, uh, his mental health. Um, I'm going to say field of dreams. <laughs> All right. Field of dreams. Eric somehow went, uh, double contrarian on that one. <laughs> It's a rare it's a difficult feat. move to pull off, but yeah, he did it. <laughs> um, all right, Cameron, start with you. Third and necessary question. Uh, which is best for a slumber party? First of all, you don't have to talk about why you're having a slumber party, but um, pick a movie for everybody to watch. <laughs> Field of Dreams or Listen, Inside there, Out. There's going to be a dad bod history on location event someday. And yeah, why? technically that will be a slumber party with us that's going to be that's going to be live and so what are we what are we feed what vhs magic. are we popping in feel the dreams or inside out no you guys exactly hit it on the head you know if if i'm going to have a sleepover with my buddies you know at this stage in my life and really any stage in my life it's it's going to be feel the dreams no question eric uh, that makes it five is any uh eric or jake anything to add to that I would agree uh, with that. No, um, that's fine. <laughs> okay, good to go. All right, so uh, I can't wait until we, we have this slumber party, though. Advances to a date with uh, the number one seed, Dumb and Dumber. 
we can call it a camp out. We've we've gone camping together. No, before. no, I like the idea of like we're in our room, we have our feet kicked up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's I think it. it's that's a good idea. Slumber party for sure. Yeah. Slumber yeah. party. Okay. Next matchup, but we got a three seed and a six seed. Uh, the three seed is uh, 300, the Tale of Sparta, a classic. And six seed is in Bruges, which is only in this bracket because Jack likes it. So <laughs> having said that, um, Cameron, which is the guiltier pleasure, 300 or in Bruges? Which is the guiltier pleasure? Guiltier um, pleasure. First of all, have you seen In Bruges? I have not seen In Bruges. Oh, there um, we go. But what I do know about it is uh, Colin Farrell, and and that guy just kind of kind of creeps me out. Um, I don't like him. I don't like his accent. I don't like his hair. I don't like. I, I've just never been a big fan of the guy. Did you say he has a punchable face? Because that's I, what you're 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 kind very of very punchable. Putting face. it out there. Okay, that's it. Very punchable face. So as far as guilty pleasure, um, I'm not gonna get a lot of pleasure out of watching in Bruges, I think. Um, from what I can tell, it's a little bit dark, it's a little bit uh kind of weird. 300 is my choice. Love that movie. Shocker. Eric, what do you got? Uh, I, I probably have to go with 300. 300 is something I could turn on. Just be like, I'm going to enjoy this, this raw, raw blood fest with just men killing each other. Um, in Bruges, again, is, in the words of Jeff Peterson, a slow burn. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah, I mean, that I enjoyed it, but it's not something that I can just kind of turn on and be like, all right, maybe I'll get to watch a really cool scene that I'm interested in. Um, you know, watching Mr. Gleason splatter at the, the base of the bell tower is, is not something that, that does it for me, but watching Leonidas, you know, slay Persians left and right. That's my guilty pleasure. He slew many. Yes. Jake, what do you got? So it's interesting, the question, because guilty pleasure in my mind evokes, I like it, but I'm afraid to tell people I like it. It's kind of like saying I like McDonald's, like everyone loves to hate on McDonald's. So if you say, well, I actually think the Big Mac's pretty good. You know, you're opening yourself up to some criticism. Um, Big Mac or, is so good, though. Oh, the Big so Mac's delicious. Good. Yeah, but it's right until, right, another, here, right until you swallow it. Then yeah. <laughs> And then it's a mess afterwards. <laughs> but in another example, when we discussed movies uh, a couple of weeks ago, Nickelback saying you like Nickelback is a guilty mm. pleasure type of band. And with that, I would definitely have to pick 300 here because I really like it. It's a super fun movie, but I know whenever you go public with that kind of information, somebody's like, well, it's just a bunch of shirtless men killing each other, or it's just this, or you only like it's it not because to of like. this. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I mean, they're hot. I don't know what you want me to say. but <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, I think with guilty pleasure, you, you know you're opening yourself up to some pushback. Whereas when you say, I like in Bruges, that's kind of artsy. And people are like, oh, that's very sophisticated, you know, because it sounds 
it sounds fancier than 300. So I, I long Jake, story Jake, short, I, if I could, I'd give you double points for that answer. That, that was, was very good, eloquent. That was a good one. Okay. What did he answer? So, it's 300. Okay. Yeah. So there's only one place where you, you can't say 300 and that would be in the first round of a draft of movies. It's the a only great place movie, it doesn't belong. Man, it is a number one overall pick. Movie. <laughs> wah, wah. I do not regret that choice, man. You want to watch a movie? You want to get pumped? But it's I don't no either, you let Gladiator drop right to me at number two. Number two, I didn't know what to do until tactical error. You did. Gladiator Anyhow, was a was a great choice. I don't feel like this is the last time we're going to have this conversation. So nope. not um, as long as 300 keeps kicking. <laughs> it's it's like Akeem Olajuwon versus Jordan. You know, Akeem was a great pick. Won two championships. Yeah, you see it as Akeem versus Jordan. We see it as Sam Bowie versus Jordan. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. And yet it's still got a number three overall seed. All right. A selection committee had to. Bump it down a little bit. All right. Eric Hoff. Condi, Condi has spoken. 300 or in Bruges, which would you rather watch when you are really tired? I'm talking like 2 a.m. and you have to go to work tomorrow tired. Um, is it something that, do I, am I okay with falling asleep during it? Go. I, I'd say 300. Well, shoot. I don't know. It's tricky. I feel like in Bruges, I could fall asleep too very quickly, which would be nice. The problem is if I woke up to specific scenes in, in Bruges, I would be very troubled. So I'd rather watch 300 Bowl falling asleep because if I woke up, there'd be nothing there surprising me or horrific. Because really? I, I, yeah, Nothing I, horrific in 300? No, I mean, Xerxes with heads on spikes and it's, mutant, mutant sex scenes. Come on, there's some very upsetting stuff. Mutant, oh, yeah, that's yeah, the hunchback. The yeah, mm, uh, wow. I mean, he's not a mutant, he's just okay. disfigured. I think you're doing a lot of heavy lifting to say 300 does not have disturbing scenes that you could wake yeah. up to. That's tomato, a- tomato. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I'd rather wake up to those more fantastical horrific scenes than to ones that are very realistic okay. in in Bruges uh 300 got it Jacob what do you think uh I'm gonna go it's 2 a.m I'm gonna go in Bruges um because if I fall asleep to in Bruges I can still wake up at seven get get to work with some semblance of function um with 300 I know I'm not going to go to sleep so I, I think in Bruges would be my pick something to turn on and uh, fall asleep to turn on flatline your brain, shut it down, try to salvage yeah. the next day. Gotcha. Cameron, what do you think? So strategically, if I'm up super late and then I've got to get my butt in the desk at eight o'clock the next morning, I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm just going to call it and I'm going to tough it out for the next day. What's going to hype oh. me up better for the next day. 300 or in Bruges. Hands down answer is 300. That does okay. it. I tried to throw in Bruges a bone there with the uh, what's going to put you to sleep faster question, but uh, even that didn't work. So sorry, Jack. 300. Yeah, we love you, Jack. Uh, just didn't work <laughs> out. 
All right, that takes us into our first two matchups in the Christopher Nolan region. The first oh, one is the 4-5 matchup. At number four, we have the Christopher Nolan classic, The Dark Knight, and a classic of its own rights, Scarface. Um, wow, this is really interesting. So, um, all right, Cameron, we're going to start with you. The Dark Knight or Scarface? Which would you put on in Gen Pop your first day in prison? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so Warden comes to me. It's my first day in prison. And he wants to ask me which movie I'm, I'm showing in Gen Pop. You, you know, in my understanding, the first day in prison, very important. You got to set a tone. That's true. I, I know this anecdotally, but yeah, I think that's how it works. I, I like where your head's at, Jeff. Um, Scarface is, you know, one of the all time. Don't mess with that guy. Tony Montana is absolutely crazy. And yeah, if I can somehow align myself with Tony Montana first day in, I'm doing pretty well. All right. Scarface, Eric Hoffman. It's a, uh... It's your first day in prison. You get to pick the movie for Gen Pop. You going Dark Knight or you going Scarface? I would worry with Scarface that I'd be setting everyone up to be going after each other. You know, with Scarface, all the backstabbing, all the all the two timing, all the you know, just jockeying for yourself. Uh, but I, so I feel like the Dark Knight is something that might bring a little bit more unity to the prison. Hmm. Um, something a little bit more inspirational to the human character and maybe bring some virtue into the prison. Uh, I would have to say Dark Knight. Dark Knight, one-to-one. Jake, what do you think here? Um, So this is interesting because the Dark Knight literally has the prisoner's dilemma uh, with the two ferry boats and... Mm -hmm. They have oh, yeah. Heath and Debo Ledger's. from Friday is in there, right? Is he? That's right. Yes. I think That's Debo right. from Friday is one of the prisoners. That's and he's awesome. one of the good guys, too. He does the right thing. That's right. Yeah. So it's interesting. And then you have the Joker played by Heath Ledger, who's incredible. Mm-hmm. And the best part of that movie. And he brings a different class of criminal to Gotham. That's his whole thing. So you can see the appeal that 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 would have with prisoners in the in the gen pop but ultimately the dark knight wins batman wins and he does it through extra legal means um and so you got to say well there's some uh there's some pushback because eventually the cop the batman being the copier wins whereas with scarface you know, everybody thinks of themselves as a kingpin. Say hello to my little friend. Oh, gosh, it's tough. I guess I'm going to go with my gut. I, I said Scarface in my mind when you first asked the question. So I got to go with that. All right, Scarface, two to one. All right, Eric, next question. We're going to start with you. The Dark Knight or Scarface, which movie would your therapist recommend you watch more of? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> First of all, Eric, therapy is a very beneficial process. I recommend it highly. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, I honestly can see no reason why someone would recommend Scarface <laughs> to better myself. Um, well, it depends on your issues now, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> Maybe you're having a hard time asserting yourself. <laughs> Maybe I need to go assert myself with Maybe you need uh, a push, a little nudge. Yeah, I, I think the Dark Knight is what would do it here. You know, embrace, embrace the darkness within yourself and something, something, something. All right. Delusions of grandeur. Obviously, I've never been to therapy. So powerful, powerful stuff. Um, I would also pick the Dark Knight. I think, especially of the three Christopher Nolan films, this one has the most um, philosophical back and forth because you have Harvey Dent. So we either die young or grow old enough to become villains. You have the, the flip of a coin there when he becomes two-faced um, you have Christian Bale saying, well, what do you save? Do you save Dent or do you save, I can't even remember her name, but Maggie Gyllenhaal played her um, Rachel, right? Yeah. Yep. Rachel. So you, who do you save? You know, what are your priorities in life? Obviously you have the Joker himself and then he has the prisoner's dilemma as we discussed before. So I, I think there's a lot more meat there for a therapist to say, watch this and then we can discuss. Um, so I would go the dark night as well. All right. Cameron Lehman, which movie would your therapist recommend you watch more of the dark night or Scarface? So as soon as you asked this question, I immediately thought of the uh, famous Tony Montana quote that basically says, and, and this is a, a long one, but the shortened version is. Oh, shoot. Sorry. You need people like me so you can point your fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, you know, if, if you're got a problem with self-righteousness and all these people trying to be lying to themselves about how great they are and that kind of thing, just, just be yourself. And if you're get, get in touch with that inner bad guy and um, say, hey, you know, I'm just living my life. Everybody just wants to point the finger at me. Stop right. shooting people and dealing drugs, man. Well, you know, somebody's got to be the bad guy. It might as well be Tony Montana. <laughs> My favorite quote is, Evita, another quaalude. She'll love me in the morning. All right. Next question. We're tied up three to three. We're going to start with Cameron here. Um, I think this is a good matchup for this question. What movie poster would you prefer in your bedroom? Scarface or The Dark Knight? Jeez. Mm. Yeah, the uh, the college version of me would have said Scar Scarface, but um, you know, Dark Knight. There's a lot going on there, man. There's like some some strong themes of you know turning you know a good guy turning bad, a bad guy turning good. Harvey Dent is like the people's champion and has all the integrity in the world and then he turns into Two-Face and you know I guess everybody's got that dark side to them. Um yeah. Great great as uh Scarface is, I I think the the facade of it is almost overdone with the whole poster thing and every dorm room across this great nation. So um Dark Knight 
would be my choice. Yeah, I think we definitely know which one more posters exist of, but all right. Uh, well, well said, Cameron. Eric, what do you think? I, for me, there's no question. I had no interest. I just recently saw Scarface. I know a bunch of guys always had Scarface up in their dorms. I don't know if they had ever seen it. I don't know what the situation was there, but looking at the Dark Knight poster, the one with Batman on it and the burning building behind him, that's very much me. Even if it was Joker with his back turned, would have loved that poster. Um, so, yeah, Dark Knight without, without a second thought. All right, that closes it out. Jake, anything to say on there? Uh, no, I agree with them. Dark Knight. All right, Dark Knight moves on for a uh, date with the Matrix. That'll be an interesting one. Okay, our uh, next matchup in the Christopher Nolan region, we have Hacksaw Ridge versus The Wolf of Wall Street, a movie about a man who does the right thing at all times, even when it is remarkably inconvenient, and a man incapable of doing the right things no matter uh, what is presented to him. So. Good job to the selection committee on this one. This is uh, this one worked out well. Yeah. Unstoppable force versus the immovable object here. Exactly. Okay, uh, Jake, we're going to start with you. The, the, the question that I have is not the question you're going to get, but the question that I have is which <laughs> one do you wish you had written? But I'm going to change this a little bit. I'm going to change it to which one could you improve if you were able to to do the rewrite. Gosh. <laughs> oh man. They're two good movies. Making Scorsese, this. Scorsese did Wolf of Wall Street, right? Right. And I think and Gibson uh, did Gibson. Uh, Hacksaw yeah. Ridge. Mm. This have to be a total rewrite, but maybe a. And is a this scene the movie that is there? this the movie that Leo finally won the Oscar with? I think it is. I somebody looked that up. I don't remember. Um, you know, I, gosh, this is tough because they're both really, really good for what they are. Um. I'm no, gonna he say, wanted for the Revenant, right? Yeah. Oh, was was it the Revenant? Yeah. That's what um, Google says. Hey, who might argue with Google? Uh, I'm gonna say Hacksaw Ridge, and I'm I'm gonna say it only because I have more experience watching historical <laughs> World War II type films than I do coked out wall street films. So I feel like I could br- I could bring more to the table with Hacksaw Ridge as far as historicity and you know plot and stuff like that than i could with wolf of wall street that's just so outside of my scope i I don't know what i could offer to that movie to make it better all right cameron uh which movie could you improve on if given the chance to be part of the rewrite hacksaw ridge wolf of wall street yeah i agree with jake um wolf of wall street was just it was shocking. It was a great movie, but it was just so shocking. So 
over the top. Both of these movies, I, I thought, no way are these true. No way are these based on a, a true story. And I don't know which is is harder to believe. Honestly, they're they're both just crazy, crazy stories. But um, I think I would bring more to the table at Hacksaw Ridge. Eric Hoffman, what do you think? So your question was, was it specifically about a rewrite, like the written script? Yeah, like in this hypothetical, um, you've read both the scripts. Uh, the script that you got is the final version, the one they ended up filming. Which one of these do you think you could have made some tweaks to here and there, any level of a rewrite and improve the movie? Hacks the Hoffman cut. The, the Wolf of the Wall Street cut. was nominated for an Academy Award for the Best Adapted Screenplay. It did not win. <clears throat> um, Hacksaw Ridge did not receive any such nomination for writing or screenplay. That said, again, something of what Jake said, my experience and what I'm, I guess, kind of what I know would fit more of um, Hacksaw Ridge. And I think Hacksaw Ridge was a fantastic film an amazing story and really well done. <clears throat> but I'd say some of the writing at times was a little bit lacking. Wolf of Wall Street never missed a beat in its writing. So if I'm going to improve something, it's going to be Hacksaw Ridge. Hmm. Okay. All right. One, two, three. Hacksaw takes all three. Cameron, let's start with you. Hacksaw Ridge, The Wolf of Wall Street. Which movie set would you have rather been on? <laughs> um, I don't want to find myself in a war zone anytime soon, um, <clears throat> especially under those circumstances. I'd either be seeing brutal things or enduring brutal things on the battlefield. Well, but, but but it's also, it's not uh, being there during the story. It's which movie set. So do you want to hang oh, with set. Andrew okay. Garfield right. and Mel Gibson in the cast and watch him make that? Or do you want to hang with uh, DiCaprio and Margot Robbie and Scorsese in New York and watch him film that? I think Wolf of Wall Street would be a lot of fun to be behind the scenes to check all that out. Um, the the scene on the yacht is really cool when the two guys posing as uh irs agents come to to see him and it's just it's such a cool scene how uh great acting great setting there and just really exemplifies that um you know overdoing huge money time of of the 1980s Gotcha. Wolf of Wall Street. Eric, what do you think? Which movie set would you rather have been on? Wolf Without of Wall a doubt, Street? Hacksaw Ridge. Just, why, I, I mean, why is that? Oh, it's again, it goes back to the things that I'm interested in. Wolf of Wall Street looks like it would have been fun, would have been cool to be around some of the people on that set. But Hacksaw Ridge, the kind of, um, you know, work they're going to do on that set to recreate the 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 scene of war and recreate with costumes and and explosives and all that kind of stuff would just i'd be all about it i'd be all about that all right jacob bryant's wolf of wall street hacksaw ridge so hacksaw ridge is filmed in new south wales australia so i don't know if that <laughs> that moves the needle for anybody but um I feel like, and I, I'm going to go with my gut here, Wolf of Wall Street, I feel like the craft services is going to be better. Um, 
<laughs> probably a quaalude truck yeah yeah we're we're probably gonna you know we're gonna go get shawarma after we wrap um i i feel like i i would love to be um you know i guess in the trenches so to speak in a movie like hacksaw ridge but you know if i'm just coming for the day i and i get to watch leo and margot roby and matthew mcconaughey jonah hill that's a, that's yeah. a pretty awesome day um so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna pick wolf of wall street here all right there we go um that has us at four to two with hacksaw over wolf okay um eric we're gonna skip you and go to jake <laughs> which movie has the character that you want to be and why mm. i feel like I, uh, I, I i maybe should have gone with eric for his contrarian streak on this <laughs> see what he does here um i may have set up something a little too easy here but let's uh, let's go with that yeah uh, you know i again this is an instinctual pick i'm gonna go with um, I can't remember his name, but Andrew Garfield's character in Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Desmond Doss. A man of undaunted conviction. Yeah. And I, I think that's... Unparalleled con conviction. You know, and, and we compare that to the characters of Wolf of Wall Street while wildly entertaining is not something I would want to be um, as my character in real life. So, I, yeah, I got to go Hacksaw Ridge on this one. All right. Um, that closes that one out then. So Hacksaw Ridge takes it five to two with several questions to go. And um, yeah, very little to go on there, but it has a date with Ferris Bueller's day off. So, wow. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> All right. Back up into John Hughes. We have the number one seed in the John Hughes region, the comedy juggernaut, dumb and dumber up against a four seed, Field of Dreams. Um, I don't know how anybody could say that Dumb and Dumber would be a <laughs> sentimental pick for them, but I feel like Dumb and Dumber as the number one seed is a sentimental pick for me because I've probably seen that movie more than I've seen any other movie in the world. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm I, I definitely have seen it more than any other movie for an odd reason, but yeah. Cameron, are you just locking in your three questions I, as Dumb and Dumber? I'm going to try right to bat. be as as objective as possible here, but I'll be honest with you. It's going to be tough. All right. Well, let's start with Cameron then. Cameron, which movie is better with the sound off? <laughs> um, Dumb and Dumber has some hilarious quotable lines that... I have said over and over and over throughout my teenage years and adulthood, let's be honest. Um, you know, it has some, some ridiculous, silly music in the background as well. Um, but you know, that, uh, that whole toilet scene when he's got diarrhea after the X lax, I mean, you don't need sound for that to be funny. Um, feel the dreams on the other hand, you know, it's, it's got a heart. There's a lot of, you know, really good dialogue there. You know, you need to hear the crack of the ball off the bat. You need to hear, you know, the, the old pus bus that he drives around 
you know, uh, through the heartland going to all these games. Field Dreams is a great movie, but Dumb and Dumber is a choice. He warned us. All right, Eric, what do you think? Which movie's better with the sound off? Dumb and Dumber or Field of Dreams? And I was, uh, when I was in middle school, uh, I had a buddy who lived across the street and we'd, we'd have uh, sleepovers, right? He'd come over and we'd hang out all night. And one of the things we would do is we'd turn on my TV, turn the sound all the way down and then turn on the radio and just watch it with different sound. Hmm. For some reason that was highly entertaining. Um, it, it really was. So with that in was mind- Was it Art Bell? Is that why? Not <laughs> Art Bell. I didn't know Art Bell yet. That would have been terrifying. Um, you know, there's certain scenes in Field of Dreams that without sound, you know, when they're panning up over the field and seeing that might be kind of cool. But as Cameron said, I think baseball is a sport that is communicated through sound and smell. And as much as I rag on baseball to to go sit in a baseball game or even to watch on TV and just hear the sounds, or if you're in the stadium and you can smell it, you know, this, the stuff that comes from baseball, there's something very nostalgic about that. And if, if I was in one of those situations at a game, I'd probably sit back and just be like, this is, this is a good thing. Therefore field of dreams cannot win this question for me because it requires the sound. And like Cameron said, the sound of the bat, the sound of the players and walking on the on the field, Dumb and Dumber. Man, the physical comedy is enough. It's just enough. So you can watch without the sound. It'd be fine. You have a dizzying intellect. Jacob, what do you think? Uh, I guess I'll be better with the sound off. I'll be the contrarian on this one. I'm going to pick Field of Dreams. And I think for me. Watching a comedy without the sound is not really watching a comedy, um, especially when one of the lines in that comedy is what's the most annoying sound in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just it, for me, I think comedy needs sound. Um, it needs the punchline to be given audibly um, to really have the effect that it should. I totally agree that there's a lot of good physical comedy in, in Dumb and Dumber, but um, I feel like Feel the Dreams, and this may sound like a knock, but I feel like Feel the Dreams is one of those movies that they would put on an airplane and you don't want to pay the $5 for the headphones, but you can still enjoy it by just watching the pictures um, of it. And I, I think, or the the just the video without the audio. Um, and I think that that's part of why I'm, I'm picking it, but also just because I think Dumb and Dumber would suffer more not having sound than feel the dreams would for me i've got dumb and dumber memorized so whether the sound's on or not i'm i'm good (laughs) radio who needs a radio (laughs) all right um eric let's go with you for starters on this one dumb and dumber field of dreams which is more likely to never go out of style Ooh. Yeah, a couple heavy hitters here in the longevity department. What's going to be relevant and in style longer? Dumb and Dumber, Field of Dreams. 
Dumb and Dumber was like what 94 and Field of Dreams was probably 89. Is that about right? That's about right. Yeah. I, I don't know on Field of Dreams, but Dumb and Dumber, yeah, I think you got it. Dumb and Dumber's 94 and 89, yeah. I think some of what made Dumb and Dumber great was kind of its 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 place in in the early 90s. A lot of that movie is great. I'd say 80% of that movie is is perfect and, and can last everything. But I think Field of Dreams has a as a place in in baseball and baseball has a place in the United States and I don't think that will go out of style so I'd say field of dreams all right field of dreams Jacob Rines which movie is more likely to never go out of style field of dreams or dumb and dumber uh, I'm going to follow Eric and, and say Field of Dreams. Baseball movies lend themselves to timelessness. Um, the Natural being another great example mm-hmm. of that. Or even Bull Durham um, with Kevin Costner is another great major baseball league. movie. A major league is a comedy baseball, but it's it still holds true today. Like it, it So I think baseball just lends itself mm-hmm. to timelessness um, on film. And for that reason, I pick it. Yeah, Kevin, I, what do you think? I echo what those guys say too. Um, I mean, the Major League Baseball has has literally started the field of dreams game in the last couple of years because of that nostalgia. They did such a good job. I don't know why they didn't come up with that before. It's a wildly popular game that everybody watches, gets uh, you know, baseball even more attention. Um, and it's all just based on this nostalgia of it. Everybody, you know, whether you care about baseball or not, whether you watch it, whether you're a fan, whether you played, everybody gets baseball. Everybody gets the appeal of it. Yeah, it's slow. And yeah, you know, there's there's not as much action as as some of the other sports, but something about baseball is magical, man. Can I ask Jeff real quick, what would you pick here? I'm just curious. Uh, which is more least likely to go out of style. Um, I, I would probably take dumb and dumber. I think it is. I think it's the number one for a reason. I think that it probably is going to resonate longer than feel the dreams. I don't see feel the dreams. Um, it resonates with old baseball fogies like cliff and Randy, but I don't think <laughs> kids care that much about baseball anymore, especially if they're going to have another strike and, you know, just, I don't know, pro sports. I can see that going out of style, but I see, uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels and the Farley brothers work on Dumb and Dumber. I mean, it's it's a timeless classic. So you guys all took Field of Dreams. I, I would have taken Dumb and Dumber on that one. Hmm. All right. So we got Field of Dreams four, Dumb and Dumber two. Jake, we're going to start with you on this one. Um, which of these movies is more compelling if you reverse the script? Um this is like if you take Jaws and reverse the script, it's a movie about a shark that vomits people until they open the beach. So um, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber would be a movie about two plucky youngsters who make the trip from Aspen back to New England and end up in the, the, their dungy apartment and feel the dreams about a guy who plays baseball with his dad and then is finally able to turn his 
his baseball field into a cornfield, which he's always wanted. So we're just going to turn this over to Jeff for the rest of the, the rest of the podcast. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so Jake, which of those movies would you rather watch? Which is more compelling? I don't know if compelling is the right word, but I think <laughs> oh, I would, it's definitely not the right word. <laughs> no, I think I would want, I would much rather watch Bizarro Dumb and Dumber than Bizarro Field of Dreams. Um, Cause I don't think the order of the jokes makes it more or less bad. It would still be very funny where Field of Dreams would get significantly more depressing as it went it on. Just- <laughs> Drops off James Earl Jones in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. For no Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa, and then people. Ray Liotta disappears back into the cornfield, never to be seen again. I don't. That's just no. It would be a very sad movie. So Dumb and Dumber is where I'm going. <laughs> okay, Cameron, what do you think? The only way to exercise these ghosts is to build a cornfield. <laughs> I gotta get rid of this baseball field. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! This is it's uh, awesome. Um, Dumb and Dumber is the choice. I, I totally agree with what Jake said. All right, Eric. It's all Dumb and Dumber. We got Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber's got four. Field of Dreams got four. Oh, Eric, Dumb and Dumber. On that? Yeah, yeah Dumb and Dumber. No, there's nothing to expand. I think Jake got it right. Yeah, Field of Dreams just becomes completely depressing if you <laughs> if you, if you run it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got, um, I got to get this writer out of here. <laughs> and it took a question like that for for dumb and dumber i mean dumb and dumber was down 20 at halftime and they they came back and won it that was awesome yeah, that went down to the wire so <laughs> that was great that was a great question <laughs> right on okay um our last matchup for tonight in the john hughes region we have the Zack snyder classic 300 and the 80s comedy classic Ghostbusters, which spawned a slew of sequels, some good, some less than good. Um, Eric, which movie would your dog prefer? 300 or Ghostbusters? Huh. You do have a dog, don't you? Yeah. I think she would prefer, well, I don't know. Loud sounds bother her to the point that she'll leave the room and go find another place to be. So I'm not sure which movie is louder. Whichever movie is louder is the one she wants the least. I'm going to say Ghostbusters. Your dog would prefer Ghostbusters? Ah. Uh, I, maybe uh, that's tough. I really don't know. You want us to come back to you, or you want to hazard a? Yeah, a you know what? Here? Let let me see if Jake or Cameron can convince me. Oh wow, this is I this have is a first. Oh, I didn't realize we were working for you, Eric. <laughs> okay, pass. You Earn my vote, that, Jake. Earn my vote. Dance puppets. Dance. Yeah. All right, Jake, you're up. Which movie would your dog prefer? Uh, Ghostbusters. 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 Okay. There's. There's dogs in Ghostbusters. Yeah, they're demon dogs, but they're still dogs. So oh, I think my dogs point. would identify mm. with that. Okay. Also, you got the Stay Puff Marshmallow, which I know my Great Dane 
would just love that at the end of the movie. Um, and uh, you got a plucky Rick Moranis, which is always good. Uh, so I got to go Ghostbusters here. All right. Cameron, what do you got? Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters, you know, it's, it's happy. It's, it's, you know, silly, it's campy. And, you know, the dogs that I had growing up were always golden retrievers. You know, they don't, they don't want to be in a fight. They don't want to you know, they'd be confused by the whole 300 thing. They just want to have a good time and uh, enjoy the movie. So they'd enjoy Ghostbusters. All right. All right, Mr. Indecisive. Uh, have you heard enough? I think, I think, yeah, Ghostbusters takes this then. I think the demon dogs sold it for me. Because <laughs> my dog can be kind of a demon sometimes. There you go. Key selling You know, point. so I know nobody asked, but, but my dog would definitely prefer 300. She Anytime a horse or a dog or a duck comes on the TV, she goes nuts. So rhinoceros dressed up in war gear mm, and all that okay. stuff, that would probably appeal to. I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah. She just loves Gerard Butler. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Um, all females, I think. So. <laughs> all right, Eric, um, since you're, you're prone to passing, we're just going to start with Cameron on this. Cameron, 300 or Ghostbusters? Which movie has better quotes for when you give your next best man toast? Which, which movie are you going to pull from? been a long time since i've seen ghostbusters um that's a huge twinkie <laughs> you know 300 is is pretty pretty quotable but you know when it comes to best man speech at a wedding i don't know that really can can weave that in i mean i'm a wordsmith but that's that's tough um yeah i it, nothing really calls out to me from ghostbusters so i'm gonna begrudgingly say ghostbusters just because if i had some time to think about it i could weave some some good anecdotes into that just just for the heck of it what what is there one quote you're looking at that you could throw into a speech? I'm going to go for broke. I am madly in love with you. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, um, Bill Murray to Sigourney Weaver, right? Yeah. He's yep. just not getting any traction. All right, Eric, what do you got? 300 or Ghostbusters? There, there's no way I'm, I'm passing up some 300 quotes. <laughs> Are you going to weave happening. that into a best man? I don't know, but you're going to fight in the shade. In yeah. What are we going with here? So I could, I could quote Xerxes. I could be like, there will be no glory in your sacrifice. I will erase even the memory of Sparta from the history. It just, yeah, just going to be, let, let's make this a Jake, right? There will be no glory in your sacrifice. I will erase even the memory of Jake from the histories. Every piece of Jake's parchment shall be burned. Every historian on Jake, every scribe shall have their eyes pulled out, their tongues cut from. Wow, I think you. <laughs> uh, I think you've confused the best man speech for uh, the first day in prison. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I could say this is madness, madness. This is marriage, right? I, I think there's a lot of things that can be modified from 300. Just. All right. I like it. Jake, what do you think? Which, uh, which movie are you pulling from? 
when you're putting together quotes for your next best man toast. Oh, can I give one more? Please. One more. There's no room for softness, not in marriage, no place for weakness. Only the hard and strong may call themselves husbands. Only the hard, only the strong. (laughs) (laughs) I got to add one too. This would be a great line, great punchline in a best man speech. We both have the same problem. You get used to saying that. There we go. I like that. Like, I, I feel like you guys want these marriages to end very quickly. Yeah. No, that would be a funny one. That would be like, oh, you know, husband, just get used to her saying we both have the same I have a good bridesmaid's line, too. Oh, let's hear it. Give him nothing, but take from him everything. <laughs> so, okay. That's a good line. Bonus question that doesn't mean anything. Jake, which of these two men, if you could go back in time, would you want to give the speech? At your wedding? Well, they were both in my wedding party, and I'm kind of regretting it now. Uh, <laughs> I'm only regretting that I looked these up before the speech. Yeah, yeah no, you were my best man, and this is what you you had all this ready A to go. A thousand nations of Persian Empire descend upon you. I don't know what that has to do with, but it'd just be great to say <laughs> the wedding. And, and one woman. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jake, what do you got? Which movie has better quotes when you give your you know, next best man toast? Jeez. I mean, Eric, you made a compelling case, but I feel like there's one line that would fit really well into a best man speech, and it would be this. Eric and Amy, dogs and cats, living together, holy matrimony. And that is obviously from Ghostbusters. Uh. So I'm going to pick Ghostbusters. All right. Um, That's a five to one. Um, A pretty forgettable afternoon for 300, which took off. uh, I mean, let's look at what 300 did today. It beat in Bruges, which how did that even get into this thing in hindsight? Mm -hmm. And it got smoked by Ghostbusters. So um, enjoy 300. Enjoy. All right. All that, comes uh, down to the questions, man. You indeed, never know. That gets us down to the uh, okay. So we're out of the John Hughes region. We got our final two matchups here to close out the Christopher Nolan region and to tonight's broadcast. Our first matchup, we got a number one seed, the Matrix, and up against the Dark Knight. Um, the Matrix, which blew everybody's minds when it came out. And excitement for part two and part three was off the charts and they disappointed fantastically to the point where the fourth matrix is on my streaming service that I have that I won't even have to pay for. And I'm probably still not going to watch it. I just Mm. have that little interest and I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan, but um, anyhow, so that, that series has gone into the ground like a dart from a 747, and. the Dark Knight, a classic. So, um, having said that, Eric Hoffman, which movie would you rather watch blindfolded? Watch, let's put watch in air quotes too. Which movie would you rather experience? Kind of the opposite of at the top the of the show. Of yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think I'll say the same thing The Matrix is visually stunning um but the dark knight especially with its soundtrack 
that's something I could listen to. I'm going to go Dark Knight. All right. Good answer. Jacob, what do you think? Uh, same. Dark Knight and uh, Hans Zimmer doing the score on that movie is really, really compelling. And then the dialogue again, Heath Ledger is the Joker. I don't, I don't need to see him to understand how good he is at that, at that <laughs> character. So dark Knight, where the matrix, uh, a big part of the matrix appeal is it's heavy visual effects, uh, bullet time. I mean, if you can't see those things, you're, you're missing most of the movie. Yeah. yeah. The martial arts, uh, the heavily choreographed martial arts scenes, mm-hmm. which are really great. Um, yeah. But again, you can't w- without those things, you can't. It's not the same movie. You know, in the early days of the DVD, there was nothing like a few choice scenes from the Matrix to show off your home sound system. So mm. but the Dark Knight just didn't exist yet. So Cameron, what do you think? Which uh, which would you rather experience blindfolded, the Matrix or the Dark Knight? Yeah, I, I can't refute what what those guys are saying. I mean, the Matrix was what was that 1999 when that came out? I think so. Yep. I mean, it, it might as well have been 2059 as you're watching it, you know, you you felt like you were really stepping into the future. Um, yeah, it was so visually amazing. I can't think of another movie that beats that off the top of my head visually, and to have that taken away would ruin the movie. All right. Dark night with uh, some quick three-pointers there. All right, uh, Jacob Rines. Mm-hmm. Which movie title sounds better if you add Omatic to the end of it? The Dark Knight Omatic <laughs> or Matrix Omatic? Dark Knight Omatic doesn't sound like a grim, dark Christopher Nolan movie anymore. It sounds like a dance. Yeah. <laughs> And the Matrix Omatic sounds like an appliance. Um, mm. <laughs> these, am I supposed to say which one sounds better? Like, I want to go see this movie, The Dark Knight Omatic or The Matrix Omatic? Yeah, which sounds better if you add Omatic to the end of it? I think we're just strictly dealing with movie titles here. Just which one so sounds I don't get better. to see a poster. I don't. Uh, the Dark Knight Omatic. I feel like the Matrix Omatic, I can't get anything out of that movie title. Mm-hmm. Like if, if 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 it's 1999, I've never seen the Matrix. I don't know anything about it. And someone says, Hey, let's go watch the Matrix Omatic. And I'll be like, what are you gonna do? Go to the Kennedy Han store and, and see what the new dishwasher looks like. I I, I think I gotta go Dark Knight Omatic. I, I it might be like a goofy musical. But that's okay. I, I like musicals. All right. Yeah. Moment, yeah, we went back to Campy Batman. Who knows? All right. Cameron, what yeah. do you think? Which movie sounds better if you add Omatic to the end of it? Yeah, the the Matrix Omatic is, you know, some kind of required movie watching in for engineering majors. Um, <laughs> stuff that I clearly wouldn't understand. Too many, you know, formulas and you know, just high highfalutin stuff over my Man, head. Math that's, is hard. That's, that's three for the highfalutin meter in Cameron over the past week. 
Hey, we're, we're, oh, yeah? we're, we're tracking your yeah. use of highfalutin three times. And every time you say highfalutin, what happens is, is uh, Kenny G or Kenny G comes on is <laughs> a little gif. So, well, as you guys know, food. I'm, I consider myself a, a, a man of the people. So I, I can't allow that to happen on my watch. I'm not saying um, you're becoming highfalutin. You're just using that phrase a lot. Yes, I, I have a disdain. Just for the like highfalutin Jeff things. uses slow burn, and Jake says, "I feel like." <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that is spot on. Um, yeah, I I just can't get behind the Matrix Omatic, so uh, it's going to be the Dark Knight. I don't have a great reason for that, other than the Matrix Omatic is just too highfalutin. Just too highfalutin. All right, Eric. That's four. Okay. Um, the Dark Knight <laughs> just shut out the Matrix. So that's a shock. What is happening? Yeah. Can I can I give my reason for why I was going to go with what I went with? Yeah, let's yes. hear it. So the Matrix Omatic, right off the bat, sounds more believable as a title of something. But the Dark Knight Omatic, Jeff said something about the uh kind of the campy version of Batman, like the pow, zap, wham. And that made it, it just locked in the Dark Knight mm. Omatic. And that yeah. would be in a bubble right next to the Dark Knight Omatic. So, Panavision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That brings us to our last matchup of the evening. To close out the Christopher Nolan region, we have Hacksaw Ridge, fresh off of a victory over Wolf of Wall Street against. Arguably the most iconic movie of the 80s, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Can I, well, something I noticed, Breakfast Club did not make any draft. I know. How did that happen? There are a lot uh, of good because, 80s movies, man. Yeah. That was a deep draft. We might have to have like, uh, what's what's the second tournament after the NCAA tournament? NIT. 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 We might have to have an NIT bracket for movies. Mm. I like that's, that. That's funny. Okay. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Eric, which is a bigger trigger for fragile leftists? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Ferris Bueller says some pretty off-color things by today's standards. However, the violence depicted in Hacksaw Ridge, especially that are almost nearly strictly on racial lines between primarily white Americans and Japanese, along with the heavy Christian undertones of the main character, I think Hacksaw Ridge would upset more leftists. Along with also American imperialism and things like that. <clears throat> All right. Eric's going to Hacksaw Ridge for most likely to trigger fragile leftists. Jake, what do you think? I I, I would agree. I mean, I, I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off can be offensive, but it's offensive in the way a lot of comedies are offensive. Um where they're generally crude, but they're not necessarily controversial. Whereas Hacksaw Ridge, the Which whole 
also directed by Mel Gibson. So Ferris Bueller's Days Off was no Hacksaw Ridge. Um, (laughs) The whole premise of Hacksaw Ridge, though, is this man making a principled stand as a conscientious objector, but still wanting to serve on religious grounds. Yeah, it's a it's a controversial plot, and and it so whatever the the movie it's going to be more triggering and i would say in this case because it is a war movie with showing um america american imperialism i guess if you want to put it that way uh that is going to be more triggering to people on the left so all right hacksaw ridge takes two cameron what do you think which one's going to upset the the snowflakes I'm going to go a different direction. And I recently watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, watched it with the wife and kids. And um, it's so good. It's so good. I forgot how good it was. Um, But Ferris's sister is, you know, the ultimate, you know, second fiddle. She feels like, oh, he gets everything because he's a boy. Oh, he's the favorite. And I think the you know, feminist left would be really offended by all of the praise that Ferris gets. Everybody loves Ferris. You know, he's, he's sick and there's a a drive on the radio for raise money for Ferris and all of this. His girlfriend kind of has like a hero worship thing going on. Um, You know, when he's, when he's doing the uh, parade, um, downtown Chicago and she just looks at him with so much admiration the the woke left is not gonna like that the relationships there with with how females are second rate in that movie Cameron that's a candidate for double points man well done and the contrarian angle I love it um let's uh let's start with Jake on this one Jake Hacksaw Ridge or Ferris Bueller's Day Off which is most deserving of a sequel? Ooh. Well, Eric, I got a question for you. What happened to the main character from Hacksaw Ridge after the war? So he went after- home, he took up Krav Maga and learned to whip some ass. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. Uh, his pacifism sucks. <laughs> so what actually happened to Desmond Doss after the war is he was wounded during his final action. Um, that's the main um, part of the film um, on, on Hacksaw Ridge. And so he, um, he was wounded four times there. And then he had a left arm fracture from a sniper's bullet. Uh, that happened while he was being carried back. Lines, he had seven you know pieces of shrapnel, and he kicked a grenade away. Right? I, I don't need. But, you know, okay, okay. Don't worry, don't worry, I don't need. <laughs> Hold on, because he. It's not going to change my answer. He was well. I, it's still worth telling, right? He was we'll discharging tuberculosis. This is a history podcast, you guys. Let him do. He his spent thing. five and a half years under treatment for tuberculosis. He so, lost a lung and five ribs. Wow. He was discharged from the army. Um, okay. I don't need to like know everything. With 90% that to him. disability. Uh, he lost all his hearing, but he did le- live to 2006, but basically just on a small family farm in Georgia. So, so not a real exciting 
second half so, of his okay, life. But it, it, it's going to be a drama. My turn. Okay. Just let me say my piece. And then you can, you continue on with the biography of Desmond Dawes. Does All anybody right. remember the question? Sequel. Which one would be a better sequel? Most deserving of a sequel. Thank you. And sequels to comedies very rarely go well. And I don't think a Ferris Bueller sequel would be very good. For that reason alone, I'm going to pick Hacksaw Ridge. But because Eric gave the entirety of this man's biography in two minutes, you can do a lot there with him dealing with coming home from war, the PTSD, assimilating back into civilian life. And I think you could have a really compelling story there as well. So right, Hacksaw Ridge is my answer. Going Hacksaw Ridge. Cameron? Hacksaw Ridge or Ferris Bueller's Day Off, more deserving of a sequel. I want to know what happens to Ferris once he goes off to college. Did he peak too soon? Exactly. Does uh, does his girlfriend dump him for, you know, the, you know, the great athlete on campus and, and walk off into the sunset? Does he become depressed that you know maybe he was a big fish in a small pond in, in high school maybe his life takes a turn um so yeah i want to see how ferris does in college that's my choice i like it eric hoffman what do you think hexar ridge or ferris bueller's day off more deserving of a sequel so i'm reading about ferris bueller stay off and the talks they had about a sequel hmm. and how essentially what they decided was uh, this movie was great being kind of that flash moment in your life in high school, but they kicked around to the idea, you know, it's going to be in college, um, you know, but just for fun, you know, what if they waited till to do it? Uh, and this, the Alan Ruck, who plays Cameron, his friend, he said, uh, used to think, why don't we wait till we're in our seventies? do Ferris Bueller returns and have Cameron be in a nursing home. He doesn't really want to be there. He just decided his life is over. So he committed himself to a nursing home <laughs> and Ferris breaks him out and they go, you know, to like a strip bar and a bunch That's of a ridiculous stuff idea. happens. And then at the end of the movie, Cameron dies. So um, I like that part. I think the way Jake said it works. Hacksaw Ridge is going to have the better sequel. Whoa, after all that, geez. I know. Geez. You no love to it was a, a journey. Hacksaw yeah. yeah. I gave all my love That's when uh, Jake breaking was breaking curveball. When it was Jake's turn. Yeah, he did. Um <laughs> just my opinion on this. I there are so many movies that are just great on their own, and a sequel gets made, and it's just a cash grab. And I, I as much as I would love <laughs> to see a sequel, you're right, Jake, it wouldn't be good. And a lack of a sequel just makes the first one that much better. It it stays as a classic, and I just hope they would leave it that way. All right, Cameron, we're going to start with you. Hacksaw Ridge or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Which movie needs its own day? We live in a world with hot dog day and take your dog to work day mm -hmm. and makeup day and everything else. Which movie needs its own day? We have a lot of days in this country that are just nonsensical. 
we have a lot of really deserving holidays. We have Veterans Day, we have Memorial Day. Um, you know, we celebrate really heroic people in this country. Um, <clears throat> Hacksaw Ridge, yeah, there should be a Desmond Doss Day um, for obvious reasons. We we have enough holidays, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off is really you know, that's Labor Day, essentially. We have that already. Um, doing that again would be would be too much. Eric, what do you think? What, what, do, you, what do you mean by we have Labor Day as Ferris Bueller's Day? So, off? I mean, he's he's worked hard. He's an overworked senior and just needs a day off because he's running out of time and wants to blow off his responsibilities and that kind of thing. He, yeah, he plays hooky as opposed to a national holiday, but it's, it's just kind of a lazy, you know, don't accomplish. He does a lot of fun things. Oh my God. He did everything. You sound like, right. right. You sound like, uh, Cameron. I feel like we've got movie. Like we haven't done anything fun today. You ate pancreas. No, (laughs) he, He did good things. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a great day. I want that day, but we have enough days off like that. We have enough days that, you know, Hey, let's celebrate whatever. Um, Hacksaw Ridge is a deserving holiday day off. So much reverence, Eric, what do you think? I mean, I think he's right. Hacksaw Ridge would, would be the day that deserves something. But maybe Jake can change my mind. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Jake, let's hear it. I think you're missing the spirit of Ferris Bueller's Day Off by saying it's just like Labor Day. I think we do have some holidays where you just don't work, which is fine and is valuable in its own right. But do we have a day where you get to be where you get to pretend to be Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago? Do we have a day where you get to sing Donkashin in a parade? Do we have a day where you get to play hooky and dodge your older sister and the principal? Like, there's a lot of catharsis in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I think the way we do holidays is wrong. I think there should be some pageantry here. And that pageantry should be go ahead and do all these weird things that you would never normally do. Yeah. A day to suck the marrow out of life. Yeah. I I changed my answer. Good job. I changed my answer. All right. Eric? Eric? Don't sit with Eric now. Is it 4-4? Look at the look on his face right now. We're wondering if Eric wants to go back and revisit (laughs) this. Is it 4-4? He is loving this I have two kids in the military. I get it. I love the military. Of course. Of course. (laughs) But maybe. (laughs) Eric, maybe. I think... It's kind of tough because I do think there's a place where we should uphold and really revere this kind of virtue that we see in Hacksaw Ridge from Desmond Dawes. And I love this story. What Jake is saying is we need to be intentional about how we celebrate and how we do things. If we're going to have a day, we need to actually make that day about that thing. 
And if it happens to be a day where we go do something away from our normal routine, besides just taking the day off, it'd be worthwhile. So I think we should have a Ferris Bueller's day off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we did it. Wow. Hey, that was, that was teamwork. That you was impressive. And you, and you, <laughs> you guys, you guys did that. <laughs> you guys. This is a. That was impressive. If, 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 people if helping people. If we're going to have a resurrection round somewhere with obviously Jesus and the Passion of the Christ, I would say Hacksaw Ridge belongs there. But of course, yeah. Jake, Jake brought it all back with the spirit. You're missing the spirit. Yeah. God, just <laughs> all right. Well, done. you know, all right. Some answers are are compelling. You know, some you, so, you want to write it down. Some bring a tear to your eye. Some are just very convincing. Like, can we, you know, go, Jake? Jake was that was your closing statement. Well, and Jake, ironically, attorney. the man who the the best turnaround we had in a previous episode, the Kaiser roll turnaround. Yeah, that was Jake that was changed his own mind. So, yeah. given a minute to think about it. So, how appropriate, Eric? What do you got? Can we go back to something? Because we were talking about baseball earlier, baseball having that kind of sound and the smells. And one of the things that happens in Ferris Bueller's Day Off is they go to a day game, uh, a yeah. day at baseball game at Wrigley and yeah. on a school day. Yeah. Right. That's kind of a, it's a cool thing when students have in the past been taken out of school because they're going to go to a day baseball game. Yeah. That's cool. That never happens with basketball. Mm -hmm. Or football. It's a baseball thing. I, it's, I think and and it's a special moment to take a kid out of school for something like that. I mean, yeah. and not even the whole day, but you pick them up an hour early. Yeah. So you can get to a, you know, one o'clock first pitch or something. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. That You're makes sitting there watching day. the game, sounds and smells and sights, and your friends are stuck in like science class or something. Mm -hmm. Love it. I, I cannot believe that we still have another bracket of this to talk through. I'm so excited that this and is not, we don't even have the, the sweet 16 candles set up. And, and we are going to have an, uh, an NIT tournament apparently with all our runner up movies <laughs> and a play in game with, with Jesus Christ coming back. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should drop some of these uh, early losers into that bracket. <laughs> we can make this Christ. thing last forever. <laughs> That about history just becomes this bracket. That's all we are. Brackets. Yeah. We just turn into sports talk radio. Yeah. All right. Hey, awesome finish. You guys, that was a ton of energy there at the end. I like it. We rallied Hacksaw Ridge, got all the love it deserved. Ferris Bueller pulled off what I feel is the, the, That's the correct victory. Upset. It was. And that last question, we went all around it. So anyhow, good job, guys. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Looking forward to, 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 to the next throwdown. Awesome. Well, that that's it for us at Dabot History. Uh, Jake, Cameron, Eric, and Jeff signing off. And we'll see you next week. See you, everybody. Bye. Woo! That was... That was